Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello. Hello. Um, I had so much fun last week doing the reviews, and I really am not in the mood to do any game design tonight. Well, maybe one or two, just depending on if how it, we feel. Well, look, like last week, if we get inspired, we can go into some game design, but we have been having Playing a lot of free lot. time somehow. Uh, we have managed to fit in a lot of games. I haven't so, slept. Yeah, I I think I agree. Let's let's talk about some of them. Let's talk about some of the games we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so Ben, what what games have we been playing that you want to talk about first up? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I've been really. I mean, we've been really enjoying because we've talked about this offline. But Jedi Funk Academy. <laughs> is I mean Ugh, so cool. It's just it's just really cool. Um the the music based battles between Jedi's to just seventies funk. You never would have thought those two tastes would go well together. No, but, but it just well just I mean but when you, when you do think about it, all the flourishes that they do and the spins and that sort of thing, like it actually works remarkably well. And when you get into that groove Mm. And you're, you know, 100%ing each, each hit. It, I feel like it's the first time that the real Jedi experience of like shooting back, uh, blaster bolts while, you know, uh, you know, deflecting other sabers has really been captured in a video game. Mm. Mm. And the fact that there are some, you know, co-op moments in this, in in which you and you and a friend can sort of, if you both are getting those perfect synchronization in the fights, yep. Because it does it does have that sort of um, oh what what was that what was that um, top down two D game that has the oh uh, the um yeah yeah I know the one you mean. Yeah, I can't remember with the tempo. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, why can't I fucking remember it? Um, it feels like that. Like a roguelike. <laughs> it was like a roguelike, but it yeah. had rhythm. Yeah. Rhythm ba- rhythm mechanics. Yes. Yeah. Um, it felt like that, but it, it had, you know, those perfect, perfectly timed strikes that you could do, but you didn't have to keep the movement going at the beat as well, which- Yes. Um, and, well, and I liked that essentially, like, you know- kind of like a guitar hero thing coming down towards you with the beats you had to play, you had the blaster fire coming towards mm. you. And you but because you've got that music there, because that's one of those things in Jedi games, like one of the coolest things that Jedi does is fucking deflect back blaster bolts, right? And yes. Kill, and, you know, they hit the people that, that fight them or whatever. But the timing is always such an odd thing, like they're going very fast. But because you've got the beat and the funk, mm. it- it just lines that up that it's like, oh, well, I can deflect this because I know if I just get a perfect movement on the beat as it, as it like hits that threshold, then I'm going to fire it back. Um, I've got to say, I did like the fact that they took some like earth funk songs, but then they changed all the language into like Hutties and well, you like, know, you know, all the different did. languages. They jizzed them up. Mm. <laughs> uh, because for those who don't know the the style of music played in the cantina in Star Wars is apparently called jizz. Mm. Uh, because George Lucas is a bit of a freak. Uh, no, but yes, I do like that. It, it's songs that you know. It's songs that you've heard. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, but hearing September by Earth, Wind of Fire played in well, I think- Hutties, like, it just- Yes, by Tatooine Wind and Fire. Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> and that's what they—that's what they did yeah, rename yeah. it. But it was actually played by them. Like the music was literally just off yeah, of them. It I wasn't- love that they got a lot of the original artists in there, and those who are still kind of active, and that—that um, that is really cool. But um, and then yeah, just a, a a cool story bringing in obviously the Jedi Academy stuff. Uh, a lot of expanded universe. Like they didn't, they didn't try to keep it to. They didn't tie it in too much. I mean, there was the obligatory Luke Skywalker showing up, um, and this was obviously sort of set around the time of Mandalorian because there was yeah. like uh, 
a hint, like just a shadow of a, of like a baby Yoda, but it it didn't happen too much. Yeah, they've like, obviously brought in some of the the more recent canonical, you know, Disney stuff. But yeah, but I swear I saw Mara Jade in there. Like mm. there was a red headed Jedi, like mm. just mm. walking around, and you know went into Luke's chambers and then you didn't hear from her for a while. So it was like that felt kind of expanded university. Like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um no, it was it was it's really cool. And I mean really one of the better Star Wars games that have come out recently. Yeah. So. I mean Fallen Order was amazing, but it wasn't it was no Je- Jedi Funk Academy. It didn't it just didn't bring the funk. No. So anyway, what if was there? What did you want to talk about first, Trev? Um, you, well, you know how much I like horror games. I like, well, I don't like them as such. I don't usually like playing them. But when you have a game like Psycho <laughs> Guitar, like you just, you have to really get in there. Um, yeah, the kind of the it was a it was a good week for like music based hmm. games. Um, well, this this, this wasn't was so much. Yeah, no, this no was, well, the guitar didn't. It wasn't rhythm based or anything like that, but. It, it just so happens that you played a you played a guitar player who got sent a sent a you know mystical guitar yes and then they got transported into like a a you know sort of HP Lovecraftian yeah it is world. very Lovecraftian yeah. um, but I like that they that they brought in some of the music influence then you know yeah. this is obviously a kind of guitar rock focused world but yeah these creepy sculptures of uh you know different like weird characters playing the guitars and yeah that huge pipe organ Mm -hmm. uh which was you know uh to that centerpiece of that one level that really was unsettling in the way it was made oh yeah it's a creepy Um, game yeah i mean you said pipe organ and immediately just a shiver went down my back as I just I just remember those centipedes coming out of the organ as so just like yeah creating that huge monster that you know had the pipe organ on its back on its and it's like oh, yeah. Oh, ah. um, yeah it was gross I, I did like the fact that in the second half they had that like Jack Black character come in I mean it was played by Jack Black yeah um and it kind of felt a bit like brutal legendy, like yeah. It- look, uh, this, this game very much had that vibe of a Lovecraftian brutal legend in in, in a lot mm. of ways, um, and 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 I think the developers knew that. That well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was their pitch, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, to take brutal legend and turn it into this real kind of creepy horror thing. But uh, yeah, then then obviously a bit of a nod. To that with, I mean, you can't have a rock and roll metal based game without having Jack Black in it. Exactly. Like, um, and it was just really interesting that he, you would have thought if they're spending all this money that they would have put him in at the very start and in all the marketing, but no, it was sort of like a great well, surprise. Just, you, yeah. You, well, you've gone he- through half the game, and then all of a sudden you you come across this this guy that you save, and there's a chance for you to not save him. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, and it was wow. a very different. It wasn't a very Jack Blackian character. Either. No. Um. Still, I mean, you know, Jack Black's a good, good actor. It was well well voiced, but um, yeah, it wasn't wacky Jack. It yeah. was. It wasn't tenacious D Jack. It was you know, the holiday Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think of any role that's not wacky of Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not God. quite, because it's not a rom-com, but... No, uh, it, it, it was kind of like his character right. in um, The Cable Guy. You know, he was he was there, he was like a friend to the... Didn't even remember he was in The Cable Guy. He was a friend to Ben um, Ben Stiller in that. Like, oh, he I was the, that again. Yeah, it was such a good movie, like... That must have been one of his earlier it, roles. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> and this is this is the thing about the Cable Guy. Um, a lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't the typical Jim Carrey sort mm. of stuff. But I said Ben Stiller it was Matthew Broderick. It was Matthew Broderick's friend, right? Yes, yes. Again, I didn't question it because it's been a long time since I've seen the Cable yes. Guy. Yes, um, but Jim Carrey just showed how 
how weird he could go with a character, and it's not a laugh out loud funny. It's a it's a yeah, dark comedy. It's of, dark. Yeah, I do recall yeah, that. I need to watch it again because that's really cool. But yeah. anyway, he he played a very Tangent, very much yes. a, a somber sort of character, mm. trying to trying to help. Um, this wasn't a shallow howl sort of character. <laughs> this was a <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I was I was almost about to say this is very much a biodome. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black, where he just did a cameo as Tenacious D. <laughs> in Biodome? I didn't even think was Tenacious D was fucking, around then. It was his first fucking movie oh role. Oh, my God. Because Biodome was, like, what, 91 or something? What? Biodome? No, 98, 99. Oh, really? Oh, okay, I thought it was earlier than that. Okay. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny that I, I was able to pull that. Um, but anyway... Uh, Yes, yeah, so it was just a great to have a cameo that could be extended as long as you want, as long as you kept on going back to him. He had mm. so many different lines and could actually help you out the rest of the game. Um, it was actually a summon for the final boss. Mm. Yeah, look, they obviously, I mean, like you said, they, you can, you can miss him, but they wanted to, if you get him, like, make use of him. Yeah. Um, look, the, the fact that all the, all the big, enemies that you sort of come up against were like very very much a dark soulsian sort of size of, of these mm. of these enemies but it, they didn't have those really difficult timing things of yeah they went of for one the, of those sort they of games. Went for they, the scale and even some of the design sort of elements of yeah. that but it felt much more like a more traditional action sort of game for beating yeah. them and sort of finding the weak spots and yeah, and it wasn't you know. so bullet spongy, you know, where you feel like every single hit is taking, you know, minute amounts of damage off. And yeah, it was more around using your the guitar environment and, and the environment yeah. that you had to be like, you know, oh, I know that I can, you know, use my paralyze spell or cord, I guess they yeah. call them, um, here, like when it attacks- because that's going to hold it in place so I can go around the side and get a hit in, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what do you, you think about the, the string mechanics, the fact that you could break strings? Uh, look, it, it was a little confusing only because depending on which string you broke, it would disable certain chords that used yeah. that string. And if you're not a guitarist, you know, you don't necessarily remember that. E minor is going to use the, the second string or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, so I f- felt that was a bit odd, and then they added in the like the retuning, yeah, mechanic to get around but, the broken but strings. That that which that made, made so much sense, especially when you were going through the hot areas where you know metal ex- expands and therefore it gets looser, and you have to retighten it. But then yeah. when you went into the cold areas, you had to make sure that you were lo- loosening up all the strings. Otherwise, the second you went into the freezer, bang! Like all the strings just, break, I and you've got no that, like I did, I you got no attacks until you reach the next um next like. Um, I, f- I felt that the tension on the, like the, the how they like, communicated the tension on the strings was a little bit subtle because mm. it, so it just came across in the chord, like the actual tuning, like your tuning would go They went out. sharp. Yeah. Uh, it would go sharp or go flat. But if you don't have whether it's going, then, yeah. you know, it's very easy to miss. So, uh, I mean, it, it's clever, definitely from the perspective of bringing related mechanics in there, but I, it was a little punishing. Yeah, I, I did like the the fact that they did bring on the the Dark Soulsian thing of having to travel to the next guitar case and and you know yeah. being able to select the different guitars because you could sort of select different shells for your guitar. It was yeah, sort of was like some cool customization in there, which I mean, yeah. again, you kind of need that in a in a weird like metal lore lore game of you know you want to be able to have your different styles of. Of rock and metal in the guitars and in your clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally enjoyed putting the tassels on because they had some good, you know, the arm tassels and stuff. There was some good uh, um, simulation stuff that was always fun to yeah, watch. When you and and it was kind of cool moves. getting some synergy between if you had some uh, glam stuff on and if you if you got 
you know some of the some of the spikes and the spike collars and all yes. that sort of stuff. You yeah. can you kind of you got your um, lace and spikes that it, it shouldn't go together, but it really did. And yeah, you know, yeah, that weird like gothic kind of yeah. goth metal style. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought that was good. And there was a lot of there was actually a fair bit of depth there in those different things you could get. Yeah, in the and I know that they couldn't have um, they must have spent a lot of money on Jack Black because they they. Didn't get anyone else really of of any n- note, but you could tell that they they were referencing, you oh, know, yeah. like Dave Grohl and, yeah, like, and especially like with the Aussie with the devilly characters you know, stuff and, and yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I swear I saw like a little Nikki reference at one stage. I think they were going <laughs> for for just you know an Adam Sandler or something reference, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and that was, that was kind of fun because I actually enjoyed that movie. It had, it had some cool things in it. <laughs> <laughs> Little Nicky. Yeah. I, again, another one that I uh, probably <laughs> haven't seen in a while. Maybe less need to watch again than the cable. <laughs> but, you know, I could give it another run. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I know that we don't always give it ratings, but no, I, I think this is rated pretty high for me. I'd like, give it like an eight, I think. I was going to go 8.5, yeah. There you go. We're pretty much yeah. on the same page. That's cool. Of the music. I, I think I think we should actually give a little bit more ratings for yeah, some of these games. Yeah, like, let's let's bring that in. That that's a new this rule that we've just brought in. This is still relatively new to us doing reviews. You know, we've done 250 plus pure game design episodes. So <laughs> give us a, a little bit of leeway. I mean, we we did kind of we did kind of lie in our in our game of the year thing. We know that we don't always do reviews. It's like we were joking yeah, a little bit a, about that, but there are real games. That was a little yeah. bit of a makeup made up thing, but uh, that's because just because we wanted to bring in uh, bringing in some reviews. So um, I wanted to talk about Bewildering Surf Invasion. Nice, uh, fun little it's not, it's not often that we get a surfing game, is it? Well, that's it, and and I really liked how. Uh, like, yeah, how arcadey it was. It it felt like a throwback to, like- Tony Hawk's, yep. Yeah, well, it had Tony Hawk mechanics, but, like, what was that game on, like, a was it, like, Pilot Wings or so? Or, like, a Star Fox, right? Yeah, yeah. The fact that you're sort of, you're behind the character, you're moving forward, but then you do have the, the mechanics of, you know, going up the waves and sort of doing tricks to, uh, to increase to, your, to your power increase your score and, and combos. Yeah. Um, as you're like going through and, and fighting these, these creatures and things. Um, yeah. And, you know, occasionally around the, around the level, like you could go over and find the mermaid and, you know, the mermaid yeah, would say, you know, collect three starfishes and. Yeah, exactly. It had a real uh, arcade thing. And then the fact that every level you're, you're heading towards, you know, the, the thing that you're invading and they had a variety of different things. And yeah. so you really got a sense of how close you were. Cause it was just looming, you know, as it got closer and closer and closer as you're going towards it and fighting off all the sort of minions. Um, mm. and then, you know, switch to the big kind of invasion boss fight, which, you know, they varied up. It had some different, you know, different techniques that were needed then to, to yeah. beat those final, final levels. Um, the cool thing was like, you could spend a bit of time, you know, sort of just going over some of these waves and looking for the best wave to bring you in. Mm, so you could yes. actually paddle out a little bit and it's like, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out of this and you know sort yeah, of well, paddle out a little bit just, further. It and- created a really good balance then where as long as you had done a decent enough job of clearing some enemies, you could you could drop out of your uh out of your wave, out of your um what attack call- phase and well what yeah. do they call the wave when it's like the- Curl, I can't remember. They, yeah, they, there's they, a term for it, right? When you're in the when you're in the wave and it's like over your head. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we're not r- riding the tube or some the tube. Maybe the t- uh, no, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, I uh, know they, they they go through that in the tutorial. I, I barely played the tutorial. No, I, don't, I just like, don't remember the term. But yes, that you can you can drop out of that and kind of take a moment to reset, recharge as long as you're not being attacked. And then, yeah, wait for the next good wave, which you know is going to take you a certain distance if you if you get the timing right and choose the right one. Um, sorry, I'm still trying to think of the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's totally tubular. And that was that was one of the one of the reviews that <laughs> that 
they featured on on the front of of like because this was this was released as a box game. It's one of those weird things that was like a you know I had to dust out my CD ROM for this. Like, yeah, it's weird that they did a physical only release and no yeah. no no it, digital. It it felt. I mean, they were obviously trying to do a bit of a throwback thing, but who has a fucking <laughs> CD ROM these days? I feel like we were one of the few people. Uh, who, I mean, I, I was only able to play it because you had the CD-ROM drive and then, exactly, like, and managed then, to t- send it over. Oh. Yeah, and at least you you had your own you had your own CD key, so I sent you the ISO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, we 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 paid for two copies, but yeah, um, just for the convenience of not having to mm. <laughs> fucking fucking drive. Um, one thing I I really did like was, you know, the water mechanics actually felt like it felt alive because each of the waves was so different and had different, mm-hmm. you know, different times that they break, different times whether they'd curve in. So, you had to really well, the read way, the yeah, wave. That- the way that they, uh, like, that you could predict that, that they um, communicated the sort of stability of a wave and when it's going to break and where you are in it. Yeah. You know, that that's some subtle stuff and they kind of nailed it, I feel like. Yeah, and I really like the fact that you could switch on some of the helper modules so that, you know, if you're heading too close to the coral, you know, you it's it would actually give you a little bit of a warning so that you yeah. can you can bail out so that you you're not going to fall off your well, or you could take the risk reward thing because if you did manage to get through there without um without getting taken off your surfboard by one of the enemies, then you know, it was instant death if you got taken off, but yeah. also you you got a a better position for coming into the um to the strongholds and yeah. Well, I like how they you know particularly with it being a score based kind of arcade game that they still managed to add a lot of those accessibility options in there, but just had it affect the final score. Like you can't get the only way you can get like top of the leaderboard is if yeah. you're doing it without any of the assistance stuff. But, yeah. like, I think- I feel like that's fair. Like, you know, you, yeah. it's a more difficult run then. So, it still lets people play- It just adds a score multiplier, though. And, like, yeah. to to add a score multiplier, it means that if you did happen to chain everything together, you could you could still actually get up there, but you just got to add so many more tricks in there because yeah, if I they add the same difficult. amount of tricks, they get, they get that extra multiplier and yes. they have 10 times the score. Yeah. Like- yeah, Exactly. So- uh, but you know, I think that still helps for for players who maybe don't want to bother with you know they're not, they're not trying to be top tier, they're not trying to be top mm. of the leaderboard necessarily. They're just trying to enjoy the game and you know, and um, and you have from- separate leaderboards anyway for the different you know settings. So yeah, you can still get to the top of one of the leaderboards. I just found it kind of weird the way that you actually have to connect up like to the BBS to get. The, the latest high scores, like you can't, you can't just. They did go deep with the old school, yeah, stuff. Um, I didn't. From what I hear, they've got a, they've got a new levels disc coming out. Um, oh, so this was on, is when you say discs, do you mean like floppy? Yeah, they've they've got some new some new levels coming out on floppy. Yeah, see, uh, yeah. and look, this is gonna if we're giving scores, it's gonna take a point or two off because yep. I get like I get it. But it just, it strikes me as that real hipstery kind of old-fashioned media thing mm. for, f- for like, just just for no reason, like, but make, especially the, the fact making it difficult that, for people. Especially the fact that you had to have Windows 10 and, you know, at least a 10-series well, yeah, like, graphics card. Like, yeah. it's just it didn't have any online options and you had to have a 96-board modem. I will say I'm impressed with the level technology, like their level format, that they are able to fit so many levels on a three and a half inch floppy for Yeah, a I mean it's all just are- Jason. From yeah, what yeah. I, I, and they I looked into the down, level code. Yeah. Uh, for but for a game that when you install it off the C D expands out to, you know, multiple gigabytes. Mm. Um not as many as I thought. Um well I mean again there's only so much you can fit on the C D you know. Yeah. But um with modern compression techniques they still manage to Fit yeah, in get thirty a lot gigabytes. Of, yeah, get a lot in there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, thirty gigabytes on two CDs—that's pretty good. At least, at least the the levels will be 
you know, you can basically attach them to an email, uh, yeah. which I think is one of the benefits because they've got the whole level editor thing in there too, to be able to just set yeah. those up. So, yeah, of course you can't, you can't add anything extra in there. You no, can no, only no. go with the textures that you've already got yes, and all that yes. sort of stuff. They, they did talk about having, you know, some, some new levels coming and maybe some, maybe a new texture texture disc or texture CD ROM that you could that mm. you could purchase but like I don't know well one of I the kind thing, of- well what, one of the things that they really add as well though is and I don't know if you like looked at the level format like you can I did I told you I did yeah 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 but I'm just like if you tried to build one or anything because they've got the level editor there for like the main uh main thing but you have they make you choose one of the bosses to put at the end but the bosses mm. are actually defined to a certain point in the level format with all their like attacks and stuff it's just this really complicated uh kind of ascii format yeah. that defines like the timing and it's this weird thing but you can technically if you just go in and with a text editor and edit the file then add your own Box yeah. behaviors and stuff. See, see what I found that you have to actually do is decode it from base 64 and then convert it into hex. Then you could modify some of the hex and then reconvert it and make sure that you had the check digit at the end because otherwise it didn't. Otherwise it fails the. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's yeah. got to check yeah. someone there. So anyway, it's kind of cool. Uh, I gave it a six and a half because I lo- uh, it lost a whole heap of points for, you know, requiring old technology that I was just lucky to have. Yeah, look, I I gave it a I gave it a seven mostly because you dealt with most of the old technology stuff for me and made it easier to deal with, and and then the game itself, you know, is obviously quite fun. So. I mean, I did. I when when you were playing it last week, and you, what time were you playing? It like four o'clock in the morning, and you kept on getting a better high score, and you sent me thirty emails that night, <laughs> just yeah. saying, "Can you upload this to the BBS? Can you upload this? Can you upload this? Can you upload this?" And I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I needed to make sure that I was keeping my spot, so. Yeah, well, anyway, so I I wrote a quick automation script that just took it and rung the number and put it up. Yeah, well, I'm uh, sorry if it's the modem sh- sounds kept you up, though. Uh, it was okay. It was more the fact that I'm not looking forward to the bill because it was an American number and it did take right. a while to upload each time. Yeah, you probably should have put a limit on that. Yeah. Oh, well. Sorry. Um, anyway, so next, next game- mm-hmm. um, Blissful Love Tactics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was not one of my favourites, but we said that we were going to review everything that we played this last week. It's a tactics game. I mean, I should have known that from the from the name, but, you know, the art looked cool and all this sort of stuff, but... The art... The art looks... It's one of those games that looks cool in a screenshot, mm. but it's so, like... It's very static. Yeah. It does have these sort of nice characters on the field. Um, you just would like them to be animated. Yeah, there's there's basically no animation as they move around. They're always facing the camera. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's basically just like a single pose. <laughs> and they just kind of move along um, yeah, just looking kind of at you creepily. Yeah. Yeah, it's- How did we they even do- get onto this game? Because I don't know- was this one of the ones that um I thought I thought you you oh, told no. me about it. Yeah, it was that uh, it's a dev I follow on Twitter, I think. Okay. So I tried it out because I wanted to support it because he'd put mm. together he'd done some good games previously. Yeah. Um he'd put out Space Siren a few years ago. I think that's yes. why when I started following him. Um which was which was great, but this is a very different game from that and uh, <sighs> It had a very unfinished nature about yes, it. Like, yes. Like, um, a very, very much a lot of developer art. One of the characters was literally just a text box. Well, and it, it's all, so because, because of the whole love angle, I think he was sort of trying to parody a dating sim. Yeah. But put it into this tactics game. Yeah. And so I think that text box was sort of meant to be a character for like, where the text would come up in a dating scene where you've got the dialogue. And that's also why it's sort of the single pose things, but it just, it doesn't really translate well. Mm. And then all the attacks are kind of emotion based. Yeah. You know, which is an interesting mechanic. Like I love playing 
around a lot of games that play around with that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what did you think? Did that work for you? Did you find the actual gameplay? Fun? I mean, it was it was it was very much a it felt management heavy. It felt like you had to be focused on all all your actual like stats for each of your characters, and yeah. then like you had to choose the right you know. Well, I I suppose they call them attacks, but they they're really you know they're sort of um, like flirts. Or flirts or opening yeah. lines or something like that. Like, um, well, the I amount mean, of times I- that I got shot down, but then I realized, oh, this character is actually gay. And I, I well, didn't, that's it. That's I didn't realize I was about it. To say, like, I don't know that it was problematic. Like, they certainly had a wider range, like a wide representation of sexual preferences and, and lifestyles. Like, but you, then you had to keep track. It's like, oh, this person, you know, is, is by, but they're not polyamorous, so you can only like attack one person in any particular level, right? Versus, you know, then that you did have people who were polyamorous, but you had to keep track then, like, oh, but if if the enemy then is monogamous and I've already attacked them with another, well, flirted with another player, then like you're going to get a penalty for trying it. Yeah. So, like, it was. It had some interesting ideas around almost turning relationships into yeah. these attacks and stuff. But um, one thing I did, yeah. I did have to give it credit for was that they didn't just spell out everyone's, you know, preferences because these these characters are not defined by their preferences. No, it's just no. that was something that you organically had of, to figure out. And yeah, I think through the gameplay, you sort of through had the to gameplay look at their reactions. Um, I did find the that they focused so much on text box on the se- in the second. I can't even remember his name. Like he actually had a name, but yeah, I just, just call him text box. Uh, they focused so much on text box in the second half of the game because yeah, I played it through to completion, but you know, it it felt broken in the end anyway because they put all this focus on text box and his relationship. Yeah, which is a weird choice to make given yeah, especially the- especially because his relationship wasn't even romantic it was just the relationship with his estranged father like right yeah i i wonder if there was a bit of a personal thing with the devs that sort of yeah. shifted the focus a bit because yeah that first part of it was so much about building the relationships in these tactical ways and then it there was a real shift to that sort of what what initially was very much a side story Kind of took became the, the main focus, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to give this like maybe a four. Like, I was not. Yeah, I think I'd go with like a four point five, maybe. You know, maybe a five. You know, somewhere around there. It uh, it's just so unfinished. It just feels like even uh, again, it's not clear whether it's intentional or not. But even if it is, it just doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's go. One that I did want to talk about briefly was Magnetic Go Kart 2000. Oh, yes. Because, uh, you know, Mario Kart obviously sort of has dominated the kart racing for a lot of years. Sort of yep. Genre. It's barely a genre anymore. It's kind of just this. It is just Mario Kart. It's Mario Kart and all the all the imitators that just kind of fail. Yeah, fell so away. I liked that this took it in some some new directions. Mm. I liked the retro kind of style, um, mm-hmm. the retro futurism of you know Go Kart two thousand, where it's it's almost what we thought the year two thousand would be in the in the eighties or something. Yeah, um, flying cars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and so the fact that you could. You had times where you were flying in the flying cars, but then you had the magnetic locks that would like grip you to the pull track. you down to the in the mag in the maglev levels and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it felt it gave me it kind of gave me wipeout vibes. Not as uh, fast though, which is good fast. because like those was- wipeout games I couldn't play because they were so like. Almost yeah. strobe-like. That, you know. Yeah, it was too much. But this, it always feels like a cross between like a wipeout and then a cart, cart racer. Um, yeah. Because it is a bit more of the, 
uh, you know, it's obviously the third person view. It's the sort of chunky carts in that way. Um, but, but just adding in those different mechanics and less around firing off your, you know, pickups and whatever, you know, they, yeah. can, they, they left that out because that, that is very a Mario Kart, but, um, the fact that each of your vehicles then had sort of a, a, a power that it could fire off, um, yep. if once you gained enough, uh, energy to do so was really cool. Um, I did like the, the different choices of levels and the fact that they, they kind of did swing for the fences. Like, well, some of them are just out there and like adding a lot of like, differing directions of the tracks and stuff because obviously with the with the flying and the magnetism stuff you can yeah you can basically have them go in whatever direction you want i mean Uh, that that um that city that city level that basically you could choose any way to get to your get to your um objective yeah the fact that they they almost left that flying level open so that all you had to do was get to the next waypoint and you could choose any way that you wanted to go. Well, I like, like that you could, depending on sort of your gameplay style or perhaps the car that you had or the cart that you had, you could kind of choose the more maglev way where you would do more magnetic driving or the flying way where there was a lot more like garden, you know, gardens and parks in the city and that sort of thing. Uh, there to, there to, was a cool thing about one of the, one of the buildings um, I realized was actually made of metal so that you could actually mm-hmm. maglev on the side of the building. Yeah. Use, use like the, um, the, the speed booster and, you know, it's kind of like flip between a few different buildings and hitting a speed booster each time. Yeah. Uh, but you did kind of have to go off the beaten path to get there. So. Well, and again, of- I like that they'd of- often slot those sorts of area, like those sorts of moments into what otherwise was a fairly flying heavy. Yep. path uh it really gave it sort of a little bit of strategy yeah yeah and the fact that you could keep on flying hit the um hit the accelerator pad get get a little bit faster fly down skip the next one and maybe hit hit like one well, just after you're that really like- having to what i enjoy again is that you you're sort of having to balance up your f- speed versus your friction but then because uh, there was always a little bit of friction in in yeah, even, maglev, even, yeah, like yeah, um, not much, but enough. even if you're using superconductors, there's still going to be you're still interacting with magnetic fields and stuff, right? Versus just your inertia. Um, but the fact that you could get a benefit from that by getting you know hitting the speed boosts and stuff hmm. um, to propel yourself a bit more, uh, was, you know, yeah, gave it that interesting dynamic. Yeah, I found the space pirate level a little bit too far, though. Like, it, it's sort of- Well, there's I a big know. gap between those two ships. Yes. As well, that kind of felt aimless. Yeah, it, it felt like they had a good idea, and then they're like, let's put an asteroid field here. And I well, know- I think it's the mistake of- was, I think the mistake, because I, I enjoyed, you know- uh, that they that they did add some stuff in between going between the two battling ships, you know, like it's a it was a cool scene. It was cool to look at. I think the ch- the thing was that you that you could only maglev just magnet like magnetize to certain parts of the asteroids where, and it was sam- somewhat subtle, like it wasn't super obvious which bits you could magnetize to. I feel like maybe if they'd done like. A ship graveyard or something like, you know, debris and that sort of thing where you could make it a bit more obvious that, oh, here's a bit where you can- Here's a ramp. Like, you can- Yeah, you know, exactly. It was almost launch too, off this. Or, too yeah. organic having just the the asteroids. Because uh, otherwise, I thought that was a really cool looking level, but- it, uh, I did yeah. see someone on YouTube. They um, they went through the- um, went through the asteroid field with the maglev held the whole time. And when they came out the back end, mm. they had like 30 asteroids following them. Following them. <laughs> so w- when, when they, that was when they, a, yeah, when they slowed down and when they stopped, the it's asteroid just came and crushed them. <laughs> it was, That's really funny. It was really quite funny. I, I think that like, was unintentional, I mean, but honestly, well, honestly, it's somewhat impressive though that they, that the asteroids weren't just static objects in the world and that there was actually, Physics. Sort of proper physics in yeah. there of the magnetic fields reacting. So, 
Uh, they obviously put some some real work into that. That's that's funny. Yeah, find that. Um, what do you reckon? What do you what What would you give this one? I quite enjoyed it. So. I quite enjoyed it. I'd say like a let's say like a eight. Yeah, I'm I gave it eight point zero one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to one up you what, just a little okay. bit. I was, I was wondering if there was a, an aspect of the game that added that point zero one for you. Uh, I, I I originally gave it eight. I just didn't want to give it the same score that you gave it. So, and I thought I think I thought it deserved just a little bit more than well, eight. It's actually a leap <laughs> for you to give the same score as me. Like yeah. since we're making up how we do. The score's <laughs> less today. It's actually illegal and you can be arrested. So oh, I'm glad. Yeah, you I, that, I, that I was better close. be very careful about that. That was then. really close. Okay, let's talk about intense bungee world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that someone was able to, to bring up an entire like game based around bungeeing off bridges and that's how you collected, you know, all your items. Cause. Yeah. It was a rather high world with where all the items were below, so you kind of had to bungee well, and, off. And most of the characters and stuff too. It was it was this really interesting thing because, yeah, you're you're going along these bridges and and cliffs and things that are above. It's almost like they built the whole um, game world below where things are happening. And, and then, then built like this the interconnected you- rail that yeah. you could have your, could you have your bungee cord just clip to yes. and just run around and then jump off wherever you want. And then so- jump off where you need to. But, you know, in that, and it had a real, it had a bit of a Metroidvania sort of vibe to it where, you know, obviously you can't, you can't get up to that next rail or the rail that's over a specific thing that you need yet until, you know, you had the, until right, you had that connecting piece. Yeah. The connecting piece and then, and you know, the, the longer rope and, and that sort of thing. So yeah. Oh, I jumped in the wrong place at one stage and crashed straight into the ground because my rope was too long. Too I long. didn't, yeah. I didn't realize because I, I skipped the <laughs> tutorial because it was like right. one of those optional things that, um, you know, I got into the room. At the very start, and they well, they just let you jump right off. Well, they they kind of they kind of had a door with like um, a big gold arrow right, over the right. top, and then a really dark room that that sort of was off to the right. And I was like, well, I I want the gold, like I want to follow that, but I didn't realize that the tutorial was down that like dark pit. Yeah, that you just had yeah. to jump off into into nothingness. To- yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was kind of a failure in the fact that, you know, it felt like I was being made to go to the brightly colored area, but I didn't learn about, yeah, I didn't learn about, you know, how to, how to adjust the length of the rope. I was just kind of like almost counting on that, that gamer, uh, instinct to, if you see the way that is obviously the way ahead, then you do that last because you trying to get all the like side stuff. Yeah. And so I think they were almost expecting that. But you you obviously just were too anxious to you were just like, nah, go straight uh, go, the game. go for the gold. Yeah. Go for the gold. Because it's- yeah, that that rope length mechanic, you know, is obviously very important and you sort of have to you do get a like a rangefinder later to see what the actual distance is, but until you get it, you just have to eyeball it. Um or throw or throw those little rocks that you found, those piles. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can get the you can get sort of depth um almost uh depth depth range things. Uh, or yes, you there's often just a lot of rocks around you can throw it off the edge and kind of count to see when it hits the ground and you'll have an yep. idea. But that again, it's all by ear. You almost you don't have a direct way of doing it. And you just oh, have you, to get you, a feel. If you hold the right mouse button while you drop it, mm. it's kind of got those um Kind of got it like Sea of Thieves. You hold the right mouse button oh, and you, you drop it, get an and count. your character actually goes one, two, three. It's about this amount. Yeah, like so he actually he actually voices it. That's good. I mean, that's probably a good accessibility thing there as well. But yeah, because it, it turns just, out, you know, it turns out I had to actually go back and redo the tutorial, but I had to start a new character to do that. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Because you couldn't, because, you know, once you left that room, it locked well, I mean, it off. Once you've jumped off, you have that section where the rope breaks yeah. just as you hit the ground. And, uh, I mean, I think, I think you, I think the game is, because I haven't finished it yet, but I think the aim is that you get back up to that really high section where that first room is. 
by the end. Um, yeah. You know, kind of I, I do circle. like the fact that, you know, you think that when you jump off and the rope breaks, it's like, oh, my God, I'm down on the ground. But yeah. then you find the super rope and you walk over and it's like, oh, no, this is no, just, just halfway another- down the mountain. Sort exactly. Of thing. You know, there's so much further down that you can go. Well, and, but- and the fact that they- cause- even where you are on the on the mountain side and uh, and the bridges and stuff, there's varying levels, many different levels. Yeah. It's going up and down. There's a lot of verticality to it. Even just in the area you can actually walk around in, um, yeah. and that is why you need to really get a good understanding of oh how high how high up am I compared to where I want to get to on the ground, so that you really get the uh, the what would you call the like where you Bounce back on a bungee rope. The extent. Oh, that, yeah. That, there is a they, term for it, I think. They had a term for it in the game. Yeah. I kind of skipped over that part in the sort tutorial the when I went so back. It's yeah. the peak, but it feels wrong yeah. when it's going down. But, like, the extent of your jump, if you get that rope length exactly right, then, uh, you know, you, you can. it's going to be so much easier to grab what you need to grab or- Yeah. And yeah. if you don't get it quite right, then you can either smack your face straight into the concrete or- you can miss the item by this much. And yeah. that happened quite a few times. Yeah, and that does get a little bit frustrating. But the good thing is, it turns out that if you if you pick up some more rocks, you can get a little bit more weight, mm-hmm. and then you can jump off and you can get that extra centimetre that you needed to pick up the- Without having to redo your Without rope, having yeah. to redo the rope. Yeah, you so kind of got those fine-tuning, which have those weight, good. Fine-tuning weight, weight components. It just so happens that if you- do it too much, then you get that whole face smashing into the ground again. Um, Good animation I- on that, though, because they obviously <laughs> knew you'd be doing it a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, and changed every single time. It was kind of yeah. cool. And yeah. when you came back up, your nose like was kind of- Physical. Uh, yeah. Nose was kind stuff. of off to the side, and then it'd break again, and, you know. Yeah, I do, I do like how they had the sort of uh, visualisation on your face of how many times- You've hit the ground, you have, like, black mm. eyes and broken- Yeah, like, just uh, cuts and grazes on your face. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did like the fact that when you first started the game and you, you were kind of clipped in the whole time, but when when you do get that super rope after your, after your rope breaks, you can be declipped at a lot of the times. It's just you had to remember- before you jump, make sure that you clipped, make sure that, you know, it's clipped into you properly because there are some enemy attacks that could declip you. Yeah, well, that was an interesting thing, that, that you could get declipped yeah. against your will later on. Uh, really added some some challenge to it. And then once they started bringing in enemies both below and on your level, on your level like, yeah. you know, having to- Having to, to watch out that- to see to see if they were running at running at you with a knife and grabbing your rope well, just to cut it. it. Like- yeah, you know, you need to take out the enemies down below to to save someone or to get you know to protect the item. But then you're also battling up the top, making sure that your rope's not getting cut. And that yeah, it was, yeah, it was a cool balance. It, it was made a cool for some balance, and fights. yeah, and the fact that the fights were more like, did you did you go against? Like, I know it was, like, a fair bit of the game. It was, like, the third yeah. boss uh, where, you know, you had to time the bungee jump at the at the same time that the boss had bungee oh, jumped because yes. you were fighting in the middle of the- Yeah, that was that was wild. That was difficult. Um, that ravine was so beautifully rendered, though. Like, oh, the yeah. waterfall it's in the background. It's a gorgeous game. Like, and, I mean, they obviously had to, you know, make things look good from a distance and up close, and they did that really well. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, that waterfall and like all the the mist coming up from it and stuff really made that quite cool. Yeah, really nice backdrop and intense fight. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the weirdest thing was when you got to the tent village, though, because then it was sort of like, are you just playing on the fact that you got in intense, intense? Like, it kind of felt a bit weird, but- Yeah, they kind of tried to shove some weird puns- Yeah. In there, like, because they, they talked about how well, there's going to be some intense fights coming up for you. And yeah. And then it was- And then it was a fight, literally, like, in literally the tent. Intense. Like, a circus tent. Like, yeah. it was 
Like, that's where the boss fight was. But it was cool, you know, you well, were able to do the, the t- bungee, like- Yeah, well, the sort of against the trapeze artists- um, you know, and from and from the tightrope, like that was so cool. You you could jump, hook down onto the tightrope, drop down. Yeah, well, pick, it was pick just up- interesting having the trapeze going across while you're very much going up and down. You know, with the bungee, yeah, um, versus them sort of swinging. You again, mm. the timing on that was, you know, really important. Yeah. Um. Look, this was a fun game. I really, I really liked. It. I think it was really well built. Um, I think I'd give it like a nine, actually. Oh like really wow! That's, yeah, that's I really enjoyed really it. Really high. Just the really good mix of the sort of Metroidvania stuff and then the 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 unique, you know, mechanics and, and fighting. Wow! Good controls. That's, yeah, that's that's now making me make me rethink. Do I punish them as hard for the tutorial that I missed? <laughs> No, I think I, I think mean, I've got to. I think I think I've got to. Okay, I'll go with what I was I was originally thinking, yep. which is an eight point zero two. <laughs> okay, so it's a little bit better than the last game. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think we've got time for you to do one more, and yes. then we'll do it. Then we'll do a, do a, a lightning quick, round after that. After lightning round, yep. The sort of less notable games we've been playing. Um, yeah, but I did want to talk about Spirit Command. Oh yes. So see, I I almost skipped it because I thought it was a spiritual sequel to Missile Command. No, no, but, it, no. but it's very it's different. Gotten, it's um, got nothing to do with that old Atari game. I don't game. know if this was intentional or not, but it's very similar to a Commandos, that old mm. uh, kind of real time, I guess, real time tactical sort of thing. That you, yeah, whatever you call it. But it's based around spirit. It's based around ghosts. Uh, which just really mixes it up in this interesting way. So you've got yeah, especially little- because, as we all know, that ghosts can go through doors quite easily. Well, like- exactly. So it changes up, and, and like commanders, you've you've got your little spirit squad, and they've all got they've got their different skills. Skills. So, but the skill that they all have is ghosts. They're all ghosts, but they're all ghosts. Um, well, and that one zombie, but you know, <laughs> well, you only get them him for a couple of missions, so. Sort of a- That's almost a- I know, I just got thing. him, so- Oh, yeah, yeah I okay. Sorry, I, didn't, I didn't mean to spoil, but yeah, yeah. he- He, he falls de- apart, de- doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, pretty soon. I thought so. He, he, he seemed like when his arm fell off in that first mission, like- But it was cool to- That they mixed up the mechanics like that to be able to- Oh, now you're no longer just like taking guards out. You can use the zombie to infect them and like build up- mm, And build up the sort army of push for a little through bit. the rest yeah. of the level. Um but that yeah, was kind of cool. For the most part, it is much more strategic than that, where it's like, you know, okay, well, all of our ghosts can go through walls, but this one's got the skill to, like, manifest into a horrible, you know, uh, frightening form that, that will make people run scared if they've got a, you know, low enough uh, will stat and that sort of thing. So you kind of have to, you know, be able to scope them out first to know, figure out who you're going to be able to scare and who not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can, you know, it just gives such a different make because something like commandos, so much of it is around being seen and the vision cones and that sort of thing. But like your ghosts can just, most of them stay invisible yeah, and not be seen, but it's much more and- about being heard as you, you know, as you knock over things. So you can't pass through like, if you pass through a, a desk that's got loose objects on it, like- you, Yeah, might knock some over. Yep. Um, um, then don't, that can also be used to your advantage, you know. you got to be very careful about wind chimes. I got so mm. tricked by wind chimes so many times. Well, like and then you- particularly as you get later in into the later levels and they start to know what, you know, they've realized, oh, shit, there's this squad of ghosts after us. Mm. They and, put and then much they put- more wind chimes and more- advanced stuff around to- Yeah. I mean, I didn't realise how powerful, like, it was the level just before the zombie one. Yeah. Where they they started bringing in the dream catchers. And it's like, if if you went anywhere near those, you were sucked into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you had to fight out of that dream world. Like, that that freaked me the hell out, like, the first time that happened. Yeah. And you're not going to get 100% on a mission if you get caught in a dream catcher. Like, there's just no way you can get the timing- like, you, yeah. you can beat the time. Uh, 
Yeah. So, what happened towards the end of the game? I know that you finished, well, you finished all the main missions anyway, not- I finished all the main missions. So, yeah, you after you lose the zombie, um, your main, like the main storyline where you're following, ah, oh, shit, what's her name? Um, Dorothy's story yep. of, like, trying to avenge her husband. Yeah. Uh you you kind of get you finally you obviously finally come across the guy that killed him, but he is ready for you, and he actually like there's this really cool moment where when you use her um her like confusion power, it just doesn't work on him, and then he has a dream catcher that he like pulls out and captures her, and so they actually kind of ended on a bit of a cliffhanger because he gets away. They they is this the guy that had the dream catcher sort of tattooed on his arm? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, um, I actually wondered whether that was a, a literal dream catcher. Then, it may be that he sort of, because it's, you know, it, it is in that commando style top down, so the, the characters are relatively small on your screen. In, in yeah, I'm, ju- I'm really just going nice by animation. that CG rendered cutscene that the guy at the very start, like I'm just sort of piecing it together now, there was yep. a guy at the start in the in the meeting sort of in the bazaar, that yes. you know, as he as he sort of pulled up his sleeves, and you, you do s- see that, you yeah, see you that glimpse of the you of don't the really dream catcher. Know the, the, uh, how important that is until later when you start seeing the actual dream catchers in the world. But yeah, yeah, the the, the sort of there's no cutscene for that final moment though. I think sort of to keep it, I guess to keep the pacing, it actually sort of happens in game like that. Yeah. So you do sort of see him shift and and she gets sucked into the dream catcher. Um, just cool. like you would in any other one in the game, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed it, and it's just good, nice to. I feel like this sort of game hasn't come around in a while. No, um, I mean, <laughs> when was the last time that we we saw like a a Commandos game? Like what? Commandos yeah, I mean, three. The, the Desperados <laughs> games are sort of similar, uh, I guess, but um, yeah, and then there were like the Silent Storm games and stuff, which had similar sort of vibes again. But they, even those were like probably twenty years ago. So, yeah, it's been a while. So it was good. <laughs> yeah. I'd give it a. I think uh, I'd give it a solid eight point five. Yep. Um, damn it. Uh, eight point four nine. Yeah. Because well, yeah. can't give it the same the same score. No, no. But I'm glad you enjoyed it nearly as much as I did. Nearly. Yeah. I could. I couldn't give it anything more. I promised myself. Um, let's go into a quick lightning round. Yeah. So, I have been enjoying Profane Outlaw Hoedown, um, yeah. the Western, okay. the Western sort of musical game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you, you just, you're an outlaw going from town to town doing hoedowns and then stealing all the money. Like it's, it's right. kind of, so it's got kind of cool. the like barn dancing kind of vibe. Barn dancing bit. kind of vibe. You're going through all these, all these cities in the, in the, out of West sort of thing, but you're mm-hmm. also like, you're sneaking around stealing people's stuff while, you know, the hoedown's going on and people are like, oh, right. grab your so- partners, bring them around. <laughs> Don't look over there because we're, you, your shit's been stolen sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they had a couple of lines like that that were, yeah. that were, you know, a, a bit funny. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, I've been playing Cloud Hunt, which is this interesting, uh, sort of stealth based plane like airplane like mm-hmm. uh flying game uh you know obviously as the name implies using the clouds as cover to to sort of sneak out it's got a bit of a what's that fucking what was that xbox crimson skies crimson skies it's got a bit cool. of a crimson skies vibe to it because there's sort of very strong characters and uh but yeah like very much flying in this in this almost steampunky Air, everything's airplanes, everything's flight based work. Mm. So it's really cool. Yeah, you should try that one. A game that you should really try is Medieval Worm Pinball. Like. Say that again. Medieval what? Medieval Worm Pinball. Oh. Okay. Yes. So. I come across that one. Yeah. So basically, you play a worm that sort of. In, in this worm's kingdom. It's very medieval. Like there's a, there's a, there's actually a pro- proper king structure and all this sort of stuff. And this, this worm is just lowly knight trying to, trying to get better, but it's 
all sort of pinball based. So as you go up through the levels and all that sort of stuff, you're trying to try and like open the gates and, you know, def- defend, um, defend from different attacks, but it's all just a massive pinball game as well. So that's cool. But your pinball, your worm kind of goes, rolls itself up into mm. a ball and sort of gets knocked around Bounced everywhere. Around. Oh, that's fun. That yeah. sounds like, that sounds right up my alley. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing Xbot, uh, which is, it's sort of this weird adventure game about a robot who becomes a human <laughs> and then sort of, uh, like, um, figuring out human life in this very, you know, with their, as their, their robot, previously robot brain figures out, uh, how humans live. So, yeah, it's got some, some fun sort of dialogue stuff. It's very dialogue driven and some really funny, you know, options that you can have as, you know, they, they, it's pretty well written with the way that they write this robot. So it's cool. Cool. Yeah. So my last one was Super Train Takedown. I certainly enjoyed, you know, going back and it feels like it's, like one of those, again, I'll use that um, modern retro metro um, mm. sort of thing where they've taken the old game for the NES train takedown and made it sort of like the Super NES slash, yeah, you know, like whatever what, conversion. What a sequel would know. have looked like a sort of thing yeah. in the next generation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, it's set on, it's set on like the same model train as from the original, but it's like many, many years later. So it's, this isn't the, the latest model anymore. And it's, there's something not quite going right on it. And you again have to take down like the train. Yeah. Because again, the train has become sentient. So you, you really have to, you have to go and, and sort of work out. Where the, where the brain is actually, if you played the first game, then you kn- you kind of know that it's not in the um, the cabin as what you think that it might be. It's actually in the caboose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was kind of one of these things. But then once you actually take the train down, like that's just the that's just like almost the prologue to the game. Like it right. just it opens up after that and goes into very Metroidvania sort hmm. of. Things of going through the train yards and like, cool. yeah. yeah, good old, good cool. old two D, two D sort yeah. of throwback metro. Um, <laughs> and so my last one uh, was this really neat arcade game called Cluster Hard, mm. where they the mechanic is all around collecting health, and essentially you like you're getting. Uh, it, it's sort of got a bit of a bullet hell vibe to it, but you, everything's inevitable hearts. that you'll get hit. <laughs> like you, 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 you cannot beat levels without getting hit. So it's about collecting the hearts to keep your to essentially replenish your health enough um, so that you can get through a level. Uh, and so so I, I thought this was a. Um, I thought this was like the. When I first saw it, I thought that this was the opposite of like a bullet hell where the only thing that has been thrown out is hearts. And the whole idea is that you get through with the littlest amount of health possible. Oh, no, no, no. That, I mean, then that, yeah, that kind of would have been cool as well. That like, would have been cool. But I mean, at that point, it's at that point, you're all you're doing is like inversing your the bullet health, hell, basically. The, the, dif- the difference is that in, in bullet hells, you, you can't get hit in this. You can get hit, but you're you're aiming for like, can you get a clean minimum run? hits? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah, but no, it's it's uh, an easy version of a bullet hell. <laughs> yeah, this this is a little more strategic because it very much yeah. comes around to, to knowing how many hits you can take before you manage to get before you get that next heart, that next yeah. heart, and that sort of thing. So uh, it's sort of yeah. It's, what it's, happens if you collect hearts without getting hit? Do you do you get uh, anything special? Just a max health. Um, okay, so the, so they get, didn't you add you in bonus anything. points. Yeah. You get bonus points, um, so you can. So yeah, like if you are still really like you still have to avoid getting hit, obviously. Um, but it's the bullet hell is so intense that it's not really expected that you can actually like find the gaps and, and dodge or whatever. It's like no, I have to figure out where the least amount of bullets are going to hit. Yeah, based on your I, health, I can tank. You know, two hits. 
and there's there's a heart that three hits away. Yeah, exactly. How can can I use iframes to get through get through it? Yes, In, invincibility frames. Right. Iframes is like the, yes, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. There are some advanced techniques like that. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that's that's really fun too. Yeah, cool. Very good. That does bring us to the end of tonight. Yeah, that's right. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed, you know, another, our reviews. another episode of, of our reviews this week. This Look, with the number of games released every single week, I think it's like thousands of games a week released on Steam. Yeah. There's no way that we, anyone else could be covering all these games. Yeah, we so aim to find some of the games that aren't just aren't being covered anywhere else. slipping under the radar. Yeah. So, if you've enjoyed that, let us know. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our previous episodes are there. Uh, if you enjoyed this one, definitely check out last week's if you haven't, because we were also reviewing games. Uh, usually, we are doing actual game design based off of random prompts, uh, but these episodes, we sort of tried to do something a little bit different and talk about Just to mix it up a bit. definitely exist in the world. So, podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review. Tell us what you thought. Yeah. Uh, and if you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is only one part of a larger song called Mount Defiance Off of the Album Containment Failure. Wait, you mean that song's not ten, only 10 seconds long? I've been missing a lot of it this whole time. Yeah, like the, there's this whole like pedaling down a hill feel. I think it's close um, to 10 minutes long. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very long song. It just so happens that it had like a, a thunderclap yes. and we chose it because we liked that particular part. And I played the bass on that album that, of by the band Kuradust. <laughs> um, and that's why I really like it because I play really, really quite heavy bass in that. <laughs> So that's right. Check that out. Check out the episodes. Thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And uh, quickly give me that thing before I bungee back up. Whoa!